Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to our last episode in the month of June. All month, you know, I've been having, I just feel so privileged because I've been able to have these amazing, amazing conversations about, you know, overcoming things and bringing in your feminine traits and, you know, just taking charge of your life. Just so many wonderful, wonderful conversations. So if you have not had a chance to check out June's episodes, go download them and get them in your queue because they're fantastic. But for right now, I am jumping in with the brilliant Amy Lee. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to today's show. So we are covering a slightly different topic, but by no means not irrelevant, completely relevant when it comes to the energy and the wellness of being an entrepreneur. I am so excited to welcome Amy Lee to the show today. She is a self-proclaimed pelvis wellness warrior. She helps women and men make the connection between energy, emotions, and our physical health and how we can be healed through our pelvis, guys, pelvis, which wait till you hear all this stuff because it's so fascinating. And if when she says it, she says, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped and I hear you. And Amy, that's such a powerful statement. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so jazzed to be here. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, I just, this topic just fascinates me and we've talked about that. So we've too. Yeah. So let's, let's jump in. Give us, give us a snapshot of kind of your, your journey through entrepreneurship until today. Cause I know you've had some ups and downs in your personal life and it's informed yeah. how you operate right now. So right. Give, us some, give us the skinny on that. Well, I started my, I guess, working career, um, as a certified nursing assistant and then went to nursing school, um, after that. And I did all of that after I got my bachelor's in English education because I couldn't find a job as a teacher. <laughs> so I thought, Hey, I'll do this instead. Um, and yeah, I did, I did long-term care nursing. So all nursing home, um, for about seven years and in my own personal journey, I, I was depressed, had anxiety, you know, was contemplating a divorce. Um, and that led me to energy healing. And then energy healing led me to massage. And then, yeah, I graduated massage in June of 14. And I opened my own spot two, three weeks later. Um, And I just never, um, I never went back to nursing. I always kept and still do have my license um, because I worked too dang hard to let that go. But um, I, as far as the entrepreneurship side of it, I, I knew that I did not want to continue the way I was. And I knew that I'm not, I don't like to be told what to do. A lot. <laughs> so when you're a nurse, you're always being told what to do. 
everything that you do is mandated and, you know, looked at by something, someone else. And so um, I wanted to be free to heal people in a much more natural way, you know, and to be able to do it on my time. And also because I knew I was going to be leaving my ex, I wanted to be able to create my own schedule and be there for my kids. And when you're a nurse, you can't do that. You're going to be working holidays and you're going to be missing so much. Um, and the other thing too, is I never thought for a second that it wouldn't work. I never, I never really thought I never gave myself even like failure is not an option. I never thought about it. And I think I was just so naive that that's why I never thought about it. It's not that I wasn't scared. Um, but I thought who wouldn't, I mean, who wouldn't want a massage and some energy healing. So, you know, um, yeah, so that was kind of my road to entrepreneurship. And then of course, you know, I've been doing this now for almost seven years. So it's taken me down to like a totally different road because um, when I heard about the pelvic aspect of it, I'd already been doing massage, you know, for about five years, four years. And I just thought, you know, when I read the article, I thought, cool, I'll be able to help people get pregnant in a way more natural way. And I know several people personally who struggled with it. And I thought that would be really cool. Well, I mean, it put me on a trajectory that I never really thought my business would go in because it's so much more than just helping people, you know, who have infertility struggles conceive. That is one incredible, awesome thing, but it's into like, you know, the policy side now, like governmental policy and how pelvises are regulated. Um, and also, yeah, pelvises. I'm all just pelvises. over here cracking female up. pelvises are regulated. Let's, let's, just let's regulate how the female pelvis is, you know, like operating. Like, can we just, can we just take a moment to let that fucking thing sit in right there? Like, yeah. is there something we can regulate on men? Can we just pick a part, like a random part? Is that cool to even the yeah. scales? Like, you know, I just that. Yeah. Anyways, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, Amy Schumer, the comedian said in an interview, cause she has endometriosis. She struggled with infertility. And, um, she says we have like men have chewable Viagra. Yeah. It was about the size of a friggin' Tic Tac before anyway, exactly. but they have chewable Viagra, but it still takes, you know, but they can't throw us a bone on some endometriosis research. <laughs> Right. You know, like, like, you even, like just, just scrape the surface beyond like um, saying things like it's in your head or it's just something you have to deal with, you know, yeah. in addition to the invisible load and all the other shit we deal with, but no offense guys, but have fun yeah. chewing your Viagra. But. Yeah, <laughs> I know it, it is, it is incredibly, incredibly just lopsided. And, you know, the thing is when you put men in control of women's health, it can't be anything but completely disheveled because I'm not saying that, I mean, there are amazing male doctors, yeah. obviously. Yeah. There are women who have had extraordinary things happen to them through male doctors, of course, but they are not women. They'll never know how we feel. Um, you know, when a woman comes to me and she's sharing with me about her miscarriage, I know how a miscarriage feels. Exactly. Like, yes, there's all of the, you know, emotions and everything that goes with it, but I know how it physically feels, right? You know, I know how, you know, being laid up in bed with terrible cramps feels, you know, and, and they will never know how it feels. 
Right. I mean, they can be incredible, but it's just not the same. And it's not to say they can't be empathetic. They can't, you know, and again, like we said, we're not, we're not hating on all men here, people, because for sure, it's never an all or nothing situation, but there is something to to be said. And the same goes for inequality on any level or racism and all that stuff. Like we don't know what that person is walking through, but there becomes a difference when you don't even bother asking. Yes. Like that's the, yeah. that's the issue when you just assume, yeah. you know, better than the person who's actually in that fucking experience. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Infuriating. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just tell us just for people who have never, because the, I'm sure there's listeners going, what the hell does my pelvis have to do with anything right. energetically or physically Absolutely. or anything? So give us kind of just that, that basic lowdown on why we should care about the pelvis. Sure. So energetically speaking, the chakras that are housed in the pelvic abdominal area are the root, the sacral, and the solar plexus. Those three chakras have everything to do with our humanness on this earth right now. So you can't fully connect with your third eye. You can't fully express your voice. You can't fully feel your emotions if your lower part is not balanced, okay? And it's not going to be balanced if you have never known that you've had to balance it. Um, emotion, like energetically emotions are stored right there. So any trauma that you have physical, energetic, you know, verbal, mental, energetically it's housed there in your pelvis. So if we're working in that area physically, very deeply, now I only work externally. So I always like to point that out. I don't work internally. I refer out for that. But as we're, but as I'm walk, working very deeply into your pelvic and lower abdominal area, I'm disrupting your energetic field, and I want to, because as it's as you're releasing all of that um, emotional trauma and energetic um, imbalance and stagnation, then everything runs better. Okay, you're going to feel safer. You're going to start trusting yourself more. Your self-esteem goes up. Your creativity goes up. Your sensuality goes up. And again, everything is rising. And as you are more confident, then you start to trust yourself more. Well, what is that? That's intuition. When you trust yourself more and you have confidence, you can verbalize and vocalize more. That's your throat chakra. And then all of that obviously extends upward to, you know, the intuition and the connection to spirit. And that completely helps you in business because if you have energetic balance in your body. If you are, if you are um, disconnected, meaning you, not, it doesn't have any control over you, you're disconnected from your emotions and you have emotional intelligence, that's going to help you in business. Right. You know, I mean, there's, I can relate everything in life practically back to the pelvis. <laughs> Which I love. So, I love it just, yeah. Again, it's just so fascinating. And I mean, just from a Purely for those of you who have kind of like tuned us out when we started talking about chakras and stuff. Okay, fine. We get it on some level, but just from a purely physical, like medical perspective, I mean, I'm recently learning that the pelvis has to do with like your diaphragm and your breathing. And it basically, since everything is connected to it, Mm -hmm. it fucks up everything when it's not in alignment. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a weak pelvic floor, you're going to have black pain, back pain, you're going to have, you know, you could have a bowel and bladder disruption, both. Um, I mean, 
if you're someone who suffers from endometriosis or unexplained pain or just really bad period cramps, you're not feeling good. You're not productive. You're missing work. You're missing school. You know, so, I mean, think about all those things. So you don't even have to incorporate the energy piece at all if you don't want to. Right. It's just good health. Yes, it's going to happen anyway, because that's how energy works. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's, we can totally incredible, you know, benefit because, I mean, if we can regulate your cycle, because I have just, you know, basically taken your pelvis and, you know, flipped it up like a snow globe and let everything settle. So many people have had, you know, their, their incontinence is, is completely, like completely gone sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, just think about that. Think about, I don't have to get up in the middle of the night four times to pee and I can actually get a good night's sleep and I can wake up feeling rested and I can have a good, happy, productive day. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of people normalize it, right? Like they just, especially us women, when we're running a million miles an hour and again, you know, whether you have kids or whether you haven't, your pelvic floor is still a thing. Like it's still yeah. there. So I think a lot of maybe the, the spotlights gets shot, shine, shined, shown, can't even talk today on, you know, <laughs> after you have children, but, you know, I think we just run a million miles an hour and we don't realize like, Oh wait, there's a different way that we could be right. doing this. And we just normalize the pain. I mean, that goes across the board and I'm sure teaching what I need to be taught here, but yeah. you know, so do you see, you see that a lot that women have just kind of normalized some pretty bad symptoms where they could have, you know, could really make a life change with it. So absolutely. And I just want to say that women have normalized it because society and the medical industry has normalized Thank you. it. Okay. So <laughs> I am 41 years old. I've had three children by C-section. Okay. So because that, if I walked into a doctor and I've had it happen to me and I've had it happen to many of my clients, you know, like I can't hold my urine or sometimes I can't hold my urine or, you know, I would really love to jump rope with my kids, but if I jump rope, I'm going to pee my pants. Yeah. And the response is, well, you know, you're 40, you've had a few kids. That's going to happen. If a 40 year old man walked in and said, Hey, when I'm jump roping with my kid, my, I lose control of my bladder. Do you think, I mean, they're going to find out what that is. They're going to find out what it is every time. So incontinence, as we get older, men or women, it may be common, but it is not normal and it is preventable men and women. I mean, men have a lot of issues too, you know? And that can be prevented. It just seems like, I don't know if it's because their plumbing's easier to get to. <laughs> it's easier to see with the eye and all of our stuff's inside. I don't know why it's, you know, we're just not, we're not studied even. There's so many things that we're not even studied. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people pass it off as something else, you know? Yeah. And I think we could have a whole conversation about where the money comes from and why we're not studied, right? Um, <laughs> and that's Absolutely. a whole feminist conversation that I would love to have at a different time. Yeah. It yeah. gets you fired up. But, you know, I think again, to reiterate what you said, just because it's normalized doesn't make it normal. So, you know, and I think sometimes we're so exhausted as women that we don't 
we don't have the energy to push. We don't have the energy to fight right. back and to question, or we feel like we don't have the power to question. But, you know, I think you and I have had this conversation before. I questioned my doctors for about, no offense, because I, I love the ones that I currently have, but I questioned them for about three three or four years after the birth of my second son, because I knew something was wrong. I was exhausted. You know, I was a little crazy anxiety, like all of these symptoms. And they just told me you're too tired. You're, you have a child, you should be tired or stop working so much, or, you know, it put all of the onus back on me and then, Oh, wait for it. They were wrong. Like yeah, tremendously wrong. <laughs> You know, so, you know, shout out to the doctors who do listen and who understand and have that high emotional intelligence, but also ladies, you need to wake up and advocate for yourself, right? Absolutely. And also people, it is really, it's, it's irresponsible and completely unattainable to put all of your healthcare in one or two or three practitioners hands. You need a team of people. You literally do because I'm not a doctor. I can't perform surgery. I, you know, I'm, I've been out of the nursing game for so long that there's a lot of meds. I don't know about, um, you know, certainly, you know, tons of nutrition stuff that I still have to learn. Um, you know, you, you find people who are really awesome at what they do and they help you with what they can. And then they should be referring out. If they're a good practitioner, they will refer out because they know that they don't know everything. Well, and that, and that right there is what you just said, a good practitioner, because I think many of us default to, well, they're the doctor, they know best, but that's not correct. Like necessarily. And you can't expect them to. No, because you're living in your body day in and day out. Yeah. And I hold a lot of respect for the doctors who will actually say, I had one say to me recently, because I'm a complex case. And he said, you know, you're the best one. He's like, you're going to know. He's like, I'm, I'm slightly out of answers, which, you know, is a scary thing to hear from a, from a specialist, but you're going to know the best way to approach your body and don't let anybody tell you any differently. Yeah. And again, we're not not doctors. (laughs) Don't stop talking until you find someone who's going to listen to you. You know, even if, even if you find in your case, even if you find a practitioner, a doctor, any kind of specialist, they may not have answers for you, but if they have been willing, they've been, they've heard you and they've done all they know how, you know, I mean, that's, and then, and then they try to seek other answers. They, I mean, I'm sure that he's just not sitting back. He's probably like, well, where else can I send you to, to get you some answers? And, you know, those are, those are the really good people, but you know, sometimes it takes a lot of patience, you know, to find that, you know, that combination that's going to work for you. Right. Um, And I like the fact that you, you know, you do everything through the modality of like the pelvis, but you're constantly looking holistically, right? Like at the entire person. And when it comes to chakras, like alignment of those, AKA alignment of your body, AKA alignment of your energy. And as an entrepreneur, you know, if we are a business, that's critical for us to, to keep going. Right. Right. Well, and other things too, you know, another key component to what I do is the fascia, which is a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. Tell people what that is. Yeah. The fascia super quick is it's the layer of tissue between the skin and the muscle. And it's also around each muscle layer. And it's also around each organ. It's one solid unit and it should be free flowing and not stuck to anything. 
So a really great example of a fascial adhesion is cellulite. Cellulite is not fat. You don't have cellulite because you're fat. You have cellulite because you have a fascial adhesion and it can be removed. It can be gotten rid of with fascial work. But because fascia is one solid unit, if you release tension one, one in one spot, it's gonna ripple out and release tension everywhere. So as I'm working very deeply into the pelvic area, I've had people say, my plantar fasciitis is gone. I don't have migraines anymore. I can move my shoulder. My shoulder pain isn't there anymore. And I'm not even touching those areas. I'm not even touching the muscle groups that are, you know, adjacent to those areas. Um, and so, I mean, that's all fascial release. And that's, like I said, it's another ball of wax, but there are a lot of components that go into this. And because, and another reason why I work on the pelvis is because the pelvis is never touched. How many massage therapists have you gone to? How many massages has anybody gotten? And has a massage therapist ever said to you, do you want me to work on your abdomen today or your pelvis today? None, they never do. <laughs> it's not taught in school in North America. Um, other than it, it, it may be in some places, um, but not generally. And they do teach you kind of like what to do if somebody's constipated and you just basically rub their belly in a clockwise motion. That's it. Yeah, that's, um, that's super gonna but, fix everything. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, from and you know, men I'm sure have this same exact thing too sometimes. But from a woman's standpoint, because that's what I am. Who touches your pelvis, and what is the what what's the reason why they touch your pelvis? Right, right. You know, I mean, most of the time, you don't have someone touching your pelvis solely for your healing. Well, and they don't want anything in return. Yeah. Because when we're touching our when we're touching our pelvis, we're probably judging because it's never flat enough, it's never muscular enough. We have stretch marks, la la la, and all the stupid crap we tell ourselves, right? Yep. And then when someone else is touching ourselves, it's or touching our abdomen or whatever. It's usually, you know, a kid jumping on it, a doctor checking something out, or you know, your sexual partners. And none of that is necessarily healing for you you know it can be depending on you know how that relationship is but to have an hour of work on on so many different levels just for you with your consent and it's solely you know just sending love into you I mean that never happens right I mean it doesn't happen on a lot of different levels and and as you you know you stated I think people I mean, we speak a lot about, and I've spoken to a couple of different people on this podcast about, you know, storing trauma and how trauma shows up in your life. And Absolutely. to your point, trauma is, trauma is stored, correct me if I'm wrong, it's stored in your fascia. It's like the, um, the book, what is it? The body, the body never forgets the body. I can never remember the exact title, but you yeah. know, it is, it has been proven through science that your body stores your trauma and yeah. whether that's in your fascia or in your you know, as a woman, especially C-sections, mm -hmm. all of the emotional stuff that is connected to your pelvis, um, you know, energetically, like you said, <laughs> I just think it's fascinating how you just said, like, how many times do you actually do it just for you? And it's not even necessarily a sexual thing. It is a, you know, that part of your body has yeah. never, you know, been looked at mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Neglected. It's not like your knees well, or anything. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I learned, I don't even know when it was, but I don't, I mean, of course, you know, 
I mean, I, I have body issues too. So I'm so much more confident, so much better than I was before, but I don't necessarily like my belly being touched. I mean, I do now, but I didn't before. But one thing I've always found really com- com- uh, comforting is when I have my period, if like my partner just places their hand on my belly and just kind of just the warmth from the hand makes me feel better. Yeah. And yeah. I think it is more of a comforting thing. Um, and I mean, there aren't, you know, a lot of, I haven't found a lot of people who are okay just doing that. Just like, just, you know, I just want you to put your hand there and like maybe rub my belly a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's <laughs> having compassion. It's about yeah. having compassion and having, you know, a sense of just openness around it and an understanding that there have been certain things that have been deemed socially okay. Yeah. Right. Like for some reason, I'm going to be, I'm going to say a very extreme sentence here and please everybody take it with a little grain of salt because it's purposefully exaggerated, but we have normalized to some extent, you know, sexual abuse, rape, stuff like that. Um, I don't think that's extreme. I think that's hundred percent. Right. We've normalized, (laughs) we've normalized conversations like that, but you, what you just described to me is it is awkward than just have somebody put their hand on your stomach. Right. And I don't know, again, not a doctor, not a psychologist, but number one, there's just something wrong with that equation. And I don't know if it's a chicken and egg scenario where, you know, we've normalized one, so we can't energetically let the other be there or vice versa. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I need to talk about that saying. in case it's triggering or I'm overstepping. So no, no, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, oh my gosh, this is, this is just a can of worms. Um, <laughs> you know, as far as society's norms, who is saying what's normal? Right. And what is the purpose of saying what is normal? Because, and like, seriously, I mean, if we want to look energetically, okay, energetically and hormonally, Men have a 24 hour hormone cycle. Okay. They can do the same thing every single day and it's fine for them. They can eat the same way every day. They can work out the same way every day. Women have a 28 to 32 day hormone cycle. We cannot work out every day the same way. We cannot work every day the same way. Monday through Friday, 40 hour week does not work with the woman with the menstruating woman's cycle. It doesn't work energetically. It doesn't work hormonally. But no one has ever, no one thought about that. I mean, it's, we do live and again, I, I feel like I sound like I'm bashing, but we live, it, the country was built and society, and the policies and everything was built by men for men. Yes. Because no one ever thought, I, you know, men, we've always, we've heard about the circadian rhythm. I'm sure there's people out there who have heard of the circadian rhythm and people run on a circadian rhythm. Men run on a circadian rhythm. Women do not. Right. But no one ever thinks like we should probably try to figure that out. So I always tell people, I mean, if a woman really wants to be, if a menstruating woman really wants to be, um, you know, productive, she needs to run her own business and she has to run it according to her hormone cycle. Because there are days when you can just hit the ground running and you can go, go, go and be so productive. And there are other days where you're going to do all your zoom calls from, you know, your bed, wearing a nice shirt and your underwear. I mean, that's just 
the freaking way it is. And you know, what? that's what our cycle wants us to do. And it's honoring your body. And there's coaches out there. I mean, I've seen coaches out there, business coaches who will help you orchestrate your entire business around your cycle, believe it or not, ladies. And I mean, if there are men listening- well, I need to be introduced to some of those because I would yeah, like to um, them. <laughs> who is the, there's a really famous one that, that does it. Um, she works off the moon and then also works off your cycle um, for productivity purposes for exactly yeah. that. So if you are a man listening to this, you know, keep all of this in consideration. We're not, we're not sitting here trying to bash you, but these are, this is the way the yeah. world is. And yeah. I think, you know, if we can put ego, ego, not meaning like the, necessarily the negative thing, ego, meaning I'm a human and right. I'll try to defend my, my stance in life. Right. Like that's yeah. normal. We get it. But ladies, you have to first, first up, acknowledge the fact that you're in the, you're in a structure that is not necessarily built for you. And then make your own damn structure if you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you can, you know, because I mean, even just, um, you know, even, even just going back to work two months after a C-section is like, it's like, it's ridiculous. I mean, two months after, you know, a vaginal birth, but um, energetically, you know, how a woman's body views a C-section versus a vaginal birth. You know, I mean, it's, it's, that's a whole nother episode. I mean, it's like wild, you know? Um, And you really do need, you need a lot more time, a lot more time. And And again, we like just always like push them back. No, like we're always being pushed. Like you gotta, you gotta, what we have to do is we have to realize that the masculine and feminine are equal. Right. And we have to work together. We were created to work together. The masculine, the feminine. I'm not talking male, female here. I'm talking masculine, feminine. Okay. But the, the masculine has made such a, you know, this, everything is this, everything is masculine. So now women think in order to be productive, we have to be masculine. So we just create a bunch of pseudo men instead of having a woman harness her feminine power and work that side of it. Like, why can't it just be equal? Like productive is productive. Like, exactly. you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to look the same way, you know? And like, I would love to see a vice president candidate or a presidential candidate come on in like a friggin' hippie dress and their hair down looking like friggin' Janice Joplin. I would love that rather than all these pantsuits and all these square lines and everything's hard. You know, come on, man. Right. And I think also it's it's about, it's about, like you said, it's about both of them getting equal weight. We're not saying, you know, we're going to yeah. come in. Cause I mean, I have two boys and I get asked, I get asked that quite a bit. Like you do all this, like women's empowerment stuff, but what about your sons? And yeah. I want to make sure people do not, like you said, we're not bashing. Absolutely. We just need an equal playing field where there is both represented because honestly, it goes right back to an abundance mindset where it's not, you're going to get less because we get more same conversation around racial inequality. It doesn't mean that you get less because we get more. It means that we even get an option Absolutely, (laughs) being being at the table or having anything, you know, like created around how we work in full transparency. I run my business around my cycle because I know myself well enough to know when I'm productive and when I'm not. And, you know, and, and my mind is my business. So 
this conversation could go on for, I don't even know. I'm so, so passionate about this and I enjoy your passion about it as well, (laughs) but we can't go on forever. (laughs) So can you tell people where they can find you in case they want to continue this conversation or learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, on, you can follow me on Instagram at soul healing body work, and, um, you can contact me, Amy at reproductive solutions, wi.com. And yep, it's Soul Healing Body Work and Wellness Center.com or on Facebook. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I always love questions. I love sharing this stuff. It's, I mean, I can't do anything else. It's not my job. It's my vocation. Exactly, exactly. And, and for those of you who are members of my Surviving Entrepreneurship Community on Facebook, and you, know, you want to learn more about some of the things that we've talked about or pick Amy's brain, she's offering a free 20-minute discovery call, which you know is very valuable because I think one of the first steps we need to do around this stuff is shine a big bright light on it so we can remove the shame part. So ladies, you have nothing to be feeling shame around with this because it is your body and potentially the external things that are out of your control have been stacked against you on some levels. So anyway, (laughs) that's my rant for today along with you. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here with me, Amy Lee. I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So I know that this topic is not one that we normally tackle on The Resilient Entrepreneur, but I think it impacts a lot more people than maybe you may think. Okay. So I don't know a single woman out there who, you know, especially if you've had children who isn't struggling with something in the area. And I think it's really interesting how Amy Lee puts it energetically and just physically. And some of, some of the things that we talked about in this, in this episode, maybe, maybe controversial, but at the same time, you know, they, they need to be said, the conversations need to be had. And this is stuff that does impact you and your ability to execute on your business. So I wanted to bring it to the forefront. Um, And on next week's episode, I'm not going to tell you who's coming, but I am going to tell you that we are going into our anniversary month. Can you believe that? We're about to the end of July celebrate our not only 100th episode, but our one year anniversary for the resilient entrepreneur. So I've got all sorts of little things cooked up and in the works for the upcoming month. So you don't want to miss everything. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life. See you later.